0: You're listening to Trending with Timmery. So, what's trending?
1: Joining me today to talk about how marriage has transformed his own life and also to discuss some of the greatest risks with regard to marriage, not just topical... Kind of issues, but more so attitudes that we've allowed these cultural issues to influence us in various ways. My guest is Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire, host of The Michael Knowles Show. Michael, thanks for joining me today.
0: Well, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
1: Thanks for fitting us in. I'm excited to unpack, especially to talk about how your recent marriage, you're newly wed as well. You got married in 2018, if I'm correct. That's right. Yes, so I'm looking forward to talking about how that's changed you and kind of changed your sense of responsibility and understanding of yourself. But let's go ahead and talk about how marriage has essentially changed your identity and responsibility and how it's maybe kind of shifted that identity in a way that the culture likes to define, like sexuality has to do with identity, especially same-sex attraction. But from a Catholic perspective, we understand that a sacrament actually does influence and transform our identity and sense of responsibility so what's changed for you
0: well as you mentioned sometimes you talk to people who've been married for 20 or 40 years and i have the vast experience of about 24 months of marriage but it is transformative nevertheless and interesting in this culture too because People used to get married much younger. They'd get married at 20, 21, 22. I got married at 28, which by today's standards, millennial standards, I was basically a child groom. You know, people are getting married (laughs) so much later than they, they otherwise would have. Uh, of, of course, I suppose we should expect this irony that in a culture that exalts sexual identity above m- most other identities, and certainly last month, which uh, in the secular liturgical calendar is Pride Month, uh, mm-hmm. it sort of ignores marriage and it encourages people to put off marriage. And the reason it does this in, in the way that it entices many people, many Catholics, to put off marriage, is it says that you will lose some of your freedom. I I have one regret, re- regret with regard to my marriage, which is I wish I had done it much sooner. I uh, could have done it much sooner. My wife and I met for the first time in middle school, of all things. And uh, But the culture just told us not to, and, and we sort of took that for granted. And uh, what I've realized is that when you get married, this is not... A uh, cutting short of your freedom, but rather it is bringing yourself into. Public life. You know, we, we've talked about politics a little bit, and I talk about politics a lot on my show. Marriage is a sacrament, and then in the civil society, it is a political act. It is a public act saying that I am willing to mature and move on with the next stage of my life in the building block of society, which is the family. It's not the atomized individual. It is the family. And in the same way that we misunderstand liberty in this culture as something we're born with that gets taken away when we have rules put upon us, uh, you know the the Christian understanding of of liberty is that we are born as slaves to our passions, slaves to our appetites, and only through education and growth do we master those appetites and become truly free. That's why we have the phrase liberal education, and and the same is so clearly true with marriage. <laughs> only, only after we move beyond the adolescent stage, and perhaps we, uh, you could take holy orders, perhaps you could uh, become celibate, and or perhaps you could. Enter into marriage, whatever you do, that is a, that is a maturation, that is a next stage of life, but unfortunately so many people in today's culture are stuck in perpetual adolescence, and I think it explains some of the madness on, on the social front that we've seen for the past few weeks.
1: That is so true, Michael. If you're just joining us, that's Michael Knowles from The Daily Wire. You're listening to Trending with Timmery. Michael, you mentioned that perhaps there was some delay in your own marriage. Did you and your wife date? Are you high school sweethearts dating from middle school?
0: Yes, we were. We didn't date from middle school. That that would have been a little bit too young. Talk about child (laughs) brides. But we, we did date in high school. And then, like all millennials, we were told... That you've got to split for college. I mean, this is—it's so funny because a generation or two past, they would have said you got to get married, true love will last forever. And yet, (laughs) when we were in high school, we were told, "Oh, that's crazy! You got to split up. You got to see other people. You—you know, forget about that—that kind of craziness." And so we split up. And then uh, three or four years of college later, I—I came to my senses and uh, chased my high school sweetheart back, and uh, and we we began dating again. But you know, even at that point uh we were We were putting off marriage because well one I, you know I, I for much of that period of time, I would have called myself an atheist or an agnostic, my wife was not Catholic, and so we we weren 't taking these religious questions very seriously but uh, for the other reason is the reason I think most people think of today, which is we were putting our careers first, you know. A graduate school for my wife, for me, my work in politics and and show business. And uh, now people are told, put your careers first, get a stable career, and then maybe get married in, I don't know, your 30s or 40s. And a lot of people are doing that. But I think you're seeing quite a lot of regret, because it doesn't have to be an either or. Uh, When you give yourself to somebody else, that doesn't mean that you're going to take away from your own professional accomplishment. Actually, what we're beginning to learn is that uh, to have a full life, you actually do have to give yourself over and not make everything just about your own selfish desire, and actually only then will you achieve your, your fullest potential.
1: Michael, what was your wake-up call that led you to chase back down your high school sweetheart?
0: Well, I joke about this. Apologies to any girls who went to Yale out there that there's nothing <laughs> like three years of Yale girls to send you screaming back, uh, arms outstretched, <laughs> to your high school sweetheart. Um, with, uh, maybe a little... That's maybe a little mean to my uh, classmates in college. There's but some very
1: bitter career women out there right now.
0: <laughs> I, I think that is the case. I mean, uh, you just bring saw... the
1: emails for that comment.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you know, it, it is... It is interesting because, especially in college, the way that college is set up these days, uh, we you know we are we are taught that you have to prioritize yourself above all things. That relationships ought to be fleeting and on your own terms. Uh, I didn't graduate from college all that long ago, and I still have some friends who are in the universities. Uh, a semblance of a serious, committed relationship is mostly gone, and actually, all that one has is uh, the hookup culture, uh, which is, which is uh, so corrosive to people and has effects that last long after they leave the campus.
1: Michael, why did your attitude then change about marriage? You mentioned then kind of having delayed getting married. You guys were focusing on your careers, various education, and then all of a sudden there's something that changed. Because, I mean, 28 years old, although young in the culture's eyes, it's still a little bit of a delay in terms of the Catholic view of marriage. Where did the shift happen?
0: Well, the reverting to the church uh, was uh, was certainly certainly helped that along, and uh, that that really only happened. I don't know, probably twenty three or twenty four years old around that time, and then there were questions of who's going to get into this graduate school and who's got this job here. So it was a, a little bit of a geographical issue as well. Uh, and then looking back on it, though, I mean, twenty eight years old, so we got engaged at uh, you know twenty six, twenty seven looking back on it, we, we, we could have gotten engaged at 18, for goodness sakes, or, or certainly mm-hmm. right after college. And I, I think the, what what began to dawn on me, both you know socially or politically, as well as religiously and spiritually, is that so much of what we are being told is simply not true. You know, if if the popular culture is wrong about the nature of the human person, if the popular culture is wrong about how to pursue one's career, if the popular culture is wrong about social values, if the popular culture is wrong about everything just about, then probably it's wrong about marriage too. And uh, I, if I could convey anything Uh, To to your listeners or or to my listeners, I would would convey that sort of skepticism of the popular culture so that people can uh, realize it's wrong, hurry up, get on with their lives and then move on to the next wonderful thing rather than remaining in perpetual childhood.
1: When people are finally ready to make that plunge and hopefully sooner than they think rather than following the cultural narrative, not that there won't be risks and challenges along the way, of course, we want to encourage responsibility, but how do you think people when they do finally make the plunge to get married, shake off attitudes of inflexibility within within marriage that's maybe been fueled because of these prolonged single years that's bred complacency even within the relationship?
0: sure i think i think that can be a big issue and i think just the the problem of selfishness can be a big issue because everything in our in our upbringing and frankly this is true even for people who haven't strayed from the faith is uh, largely pointing us toward a certain selfishness so i think one thing that's very important particularly in this culture is recognizing the absolute social wreckage that we are walking around in. I mean, these days in the United States, we're walking around in literal wreckage because buildings are being burned to the ground and statues are falling down and that sort of thing. But on a spiritual level, that is all the more so. And I think people have a lot of hangups and a lot of baggage because maybe they did some things in college that they oughtn't to have done and maybe they've had some relationships that they oughtn't to have had and maybe they've, they've made plenty of mistakes that have been... Uh, made easier by the popular culture, and so I think it, that as well is is causing people to put things off but uh, uh, you know one one important thing to consider here is the matter of grace, the matter of repentance, and uh, how we can yeah. we can begin again we can uh, simply turn away from that sort of thing and if you if you mire yourself too much on some of those either past mistakes or the the present social condition, then you're, you're not going to be able to move forward with your life.
1: Michael, we've been talking about various attitudes surrounding marriage and delaying marriage, but what do you believe are the top two threats to living out a faithful and fruitful marriage today and why?
0: There's no question that Internet pornography is... Uh, probably the most widespread threat, and uh, I think by some measures it 's something like ninety one percent or ninety two percent of American men uh, look at pornography and eight uh, percent are liars, you know especially if you were to uh, if you were to say you know perhaps not an, as an ongoing problem but as, as something that people have done in the past, it is everywhere it is just the entire culture, the whole internet is soaked in it and one can do it you know from the privacy of whatever dark corner of one's house there is so so that is an issue that i think has to be confronted at a personal level and has to be confronted at a political level because there is no question in my mind that it's making marriage which is already difficult in this culture even harder then on a, a less particular level i i think there is this problem of wanting to have it all you know i uh I won't mince words here in my views of of modern feminism and other gender theories. I think it's just simply a a recipe for misery. You can look, since the advent of what's called the second wave of feminism in the 60s and 70s, women's happiness has declined precipitously, both in relative terms and absolute terms. Uh, This is a problem. It's because of a false understanding of human nature that views men and women as identical rather than what they really are, which is complementary.
1: We'll be right back here on Trending with Timory with Michael Knowles, and I'll have a couple resources to help remedy these threats to marriage.
0: Timory will be right back. You can reach her on Instagram and Twitter
1: at Timree. That's T-I-M-M-E-R-I-E. Solidarity HealthShare is simple to help pay for affordable, quality health care. They enable the community to share in each other's eligible medical expenses. You choose the doctor that you want to see. Even integrative and alternative medical treatments are eligible. Solidarity HealthShare helps pay for NAPRO technology and costs associated with natural family planning. Solidarity HealthShare is dedicated to both faith and your health care. Information is available at SolidarityHealthShare.org.
0: Bridging your Catholic faith with your everyday life. You're listening to Trending with Timmery.
1: Two resources I want to throw out there before we, we move on is Covenant Eyes. CovenantEyes.com is an excellent filtration software for people looking to start with making that first step in weeding porn out of their lives. You need accountability partners. And the truth is, a porn addiction is a sex addiction, and we need both faith and prayer, and real therapy and intervention. Second, wanting to have it all is a real threat, and there was an excellent book published last year by Dr. Carrie Gress, and it's called The Anti-Mary Exposed, and how much of today's attitudes about women actually is very anti-Christian a Christian attitude about women. And it challenges us to rethink attitudes about marriage, sexuality, and even just domestic life. So those are a couple of resources I would mention. Michael, I'd like to dive in more so to the topic about how marriage has changed you, but first I have a question. Being a newlywed of two years as well, I'm married a year, people often told me entering into marriage that that first year of marriage was going to be awful and to buckle up. I didn't find that the case, and I'm wondering what your experience was.
0: No, I very much enjoyed it. You know, I, I suppose that uh, because I, like uh, like many millennials, I suppose, did things uh, a, b- a bit in the wrong way and uh, put off getting married and, and all that sort of thing, that uh, uh, unlike many newlyweds, my wife and I had known each other for quite some time, you know, since we were children. So there wasn't so much of that getting to know each other m- much more deeply, period. Um, really what it was, was... and a giving over of oneself completely. And, and this would be, I suppose, a third major threat to marriage today, which is that it's just not permanent for so many people in the culture. For us Catholics it is, ideally, though of course there are many uh, civilly divorced uh, Catholics as well. That When you enter into that marriage expecting that it just won't work out or it might not work out, then your chances of it not working out are are significantly higher. Whereas, as you said earlier, if you go in and you say we're in this, pal, <laughs> you know we are we are in this together, then it, it it is more likely to because you you won't get divorced. I I, I asked a, a few people before I was getting married for advice. I said how how do you stay married for so long? And I said it's very simple. You don't get divorced, and that's pretty good advice, I think. <laughs> and it's uh, <laughs> simple, but sometimes uh, the simplest advice is uh, some of the best. And so that that's one issue, is just not being on the same page. And then this comes down to the roles of husbands and wives as well, because husbands don't want to be husbands and wives don't want to be wives. I went to a, a wedding once with, a, this was years and years ago, and there were a couple of, I think they were, ex-nuns. And they decided to rewrite some of the book of Genesis and take out all the language about, you know, wives being subservient <laughs> to their husbands and husbands loving their wives. They felt that wasn't very feminist. So they got rid of that sort of thing. And I thought, you know, I, I don't think you're setting this marriage off on a very nice foot if you're rewriting the words of God. Probably that's not something that I would do. In- <laughs> In my wedding,
1: (laughs) it is so true. I think that, you know, this kind of erasing of what is feminine and what is masculine has kind of dumped us into a new marriage state. And we go, I don't really know how to act, how to interact in this new relationship. I have a question for you I'd like to throw your way. One thing I noticed in my own journey because my husband and I dated for much longer than either of I would have liked either of us would have liked and delayed marriage somewhat as well yeah. and one of the things that really helped me along through the journey is working within various Catholic and pro-life apostolates and it helped for mm-hmm. me to keep this attitude of we are created as human beings to serve and to give our lives and service and my yeah. attitude was i'm not married i can stretch myself more because i don't have this type of marital relationship and i've heard a lot of people right. say when talking to singles that this attitude of remembering to serve during your single years can really help you in having a better attitude entering into marriage and working toward virtue when those difficulties arise what are your thoughts
0: that's an excellent point you know it it is in many ways about the other person and and the way that this expresses itself by the way is not always in you know uh, just constantly deferring to the other person and you know uh, making yourself into a doormat i mean that that's not what we're talking about at all even though i think many millennials might might think that that is the case actually uh sometimes the thing that you don't want to do is make a decision you know i'm i'm uh I'm reminded this often happens with my wife. We'll say, okay, we're going to go out to dinner. Uh, where do you want to go? I don't know. Where do you want to go? I don't know what you want. Do you want Italian? I don't know about Italian. We'll go back and forth for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and then finally she'll come to her senses and she'll say, hey, head of household, make a decision. What's wrong with you? And I thought, oh, yes, you're right. Here's a, here is a role in a marriage that could be so simple as picking a restaurant. But people ought to do that sort of thing, and I think it's... Uh, that's an important aspect of service is do, doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do, uh, doesn't always look the, the way that you might expect, but it's very important. And when we're receiving such backwards messages from the popular culture, it can, it can be a, a hard lesson to learn.
1: You're listening to Trending with Timory, That's Michael Knowles of the Michael Knowles show heard on the daily wire. Michael, what have you learned from being married that you didn't really expect?
0: What I've learned from being married is, I mean, I knew a lot about my wife, though I've learned quite a lot more about my wife as well. Uh, I've learned, uh, I've relearned a lesson that that seems so simple, which is that either you will grow together or grow apart. And uh, we're we're not just merely isolated individuals, you know, moving on our own path, but really this building block of society, this family is going to define your life. I mean, you are going to grow in different ways because of your marriage. That's very important. And then one thing I learned that I suppose I doubted or maybe I just wasn't particularly interested in during those uh, atheistic single years is how conducive marriage is to virtue. It seems so simple. It's a sacrament. It's what we're (laughs) sort of made to do in the words of Christ. And yet I think people forget about that. And many of one's vices... Uh, whatever those vices may be, I won't get into specifics. But I think across the whole range of vices, can be greatly allayed, can be can be really diminished simply by the institution of marriage there is just something about when a single guy gets married his wife civilizes him you know and uh, maybe for a young woman young women tend to be a little more anxious than young men and getting married can calm them a little bit and uh, i mean that's, i'm just scratching the surface of that it seems so obvious and yet in a crazy culture obvious things are not always so clear
1: And it's a very profound statement you just said about that civilization of the man in marriage and that calming of the woman in marriage. It's very fascinating. And, you know, we often make the joke in our culture, well, that's what sex does. But I don't think that's the case. It's the challenge and complementarity of femininity and masculinity, not just on a sexual complementarity, but from the level of who you are and the fact that we function so differently as men and women.
0: Right. Uh, this is one lesson that anybody who's a newlywed will know, is that uh, men and women actually are different. I know that we live at a time where we're told that men can be women and women can be men, and there's no difference at all. Uh, I think anyone who's a who's newlywed will know uh, that is simply not the case. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That is very true. Maybe that's the reason so many people are so confused. They're not having children. They're not getting married to experience anyone outside of themselves to see that we actually function quite differently. Michael, last question here. What was the significance for you of marrying in the Catholic Church?
0: Oh, it was just, uh, I mean, it's essential, you know. And uh, at the time that we were married, uh, I mean, I, I had just reverted a few years earlier. My wife was not raised in the faith, and so in a way, it was a little bit new to us. And For a second uh, there. but it, it, it was it was so es- essential. I mean, uh, when I when I think back to the wedding, we got to do it at the Church of Saint Michael in New York with our great friend Father George Rutler, and uh, you know, so often wedding modern weddings are just about the bride and the groom kissing and it's very sentimental and saccharine. But when you go through it really as a sacrament and you realize it's, it's almost not even about you too. It's about this sacrament before the presence of God, often facing away from the congregants and toward the altar. And uh, when you, when you point that, that focus not merely on yourselves and your own union, but actually what that union means in the presence of God, it clarifies things.
1: Thank you for being with us, Michael. That's Michael Knowles of The Michael Knowles Show, talking about how marriage has changed him and what some of the greatest threats are in this current culture. We'll be coming back and diving more into the sacrament of marriage and why marrying in the church really does matter.
0: You can listen to more of Trending with Tim Lee via the Relevant Radio app or at relevantradio.com trending.
1: I want to extend an invitation for you to join me. If you haven't heard the news, Trending with Timmery is now daily on Relevant Radio, Monday through Friday. That's at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern. Now here's the exciting thing. We now have a daily podcast. So I want to encourage you to go and subscribe to the podcast. We have our very own relevant radio app where you can listen to all the podcasts of Trending, pause, play, and even share them. Or you can now subscribe again on your favorite podcasting apps, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or let us know where you want to hear us. That way you can access your favorite podcast, of course, Trending with Timory, and not miss a single one of those options for the daily shows and the various topics that we cover. Check out the links below in the description where you can find the links to your favorite podcasting locations. Because we have two separate podcasts, I wanna make sure you're getting that daily dose so that you can go a little bit deeper. And don't forget, if you want us to talk about a specific topic or you have a question, just head over to relevantradio.com trending where you can connect on social media and ask your questions.